Welcome to Evolve, where we have fearless, unfiltered, unapologetic conversation with host Chanel Spencer, author, speaker, and CEO of Maximum Evolution. Are you ready? I hope you're ready. Hello, 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 beautiful people, and welcome to a new episode of Evolve. We are ready for, I hope you're ready for, because I'm ready for, fearless, unfiltered, and unapologetic conversation. And today, I'm super, super, super excited because I have a special guest, Charletta Denise. I'm so excited because I know she's a powerhouse. Like, I see her, and I'm just like, oh, book cover fire. She's on fire. She's ready to make impact and empower everybody in this world and i'm super super excited so let us say hello to the people oh hey everyone <laughs> i am super excited about this conversation i know i'm ready are you ready Charlotta? i am so <laughs> all right so let me tell you a little bit about Charlotta. Charlotta is a motivational speaker event planner speaker writer and mentor yes she is born and raised in johnson county i need to know where that is she is a wife and mother of seven seven hold on let's rewind seven now if you see this one she does not look like she has seven children let me tell you that she is looking fabulous and ah i love it you don't understand goals in life okay she <laughs> grew up dealing with trials that birthed a testimony. The testimony comes from being a single mom to a married mom with severe trauma with no covering. This testimony became ministry. Charletta is the founder of Cover My Sisters, a women's ministry dedicated to covering and healing women dealing with brokenness through love and mentorship. Above all, she loves God and reaching both men and women to help make those broken whole. Wow, wow, wow. Charletta has spoken to young girls, hosted conferences, and workshops has delivered empowering speeches at churches and events. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. First of all, let's get into this motivational speaker, event planner, speaker, and writer and mentor. Wow. And you have your own ministry. What? Listen. When I say powerhouse, listen, when people read my bio, I'm like, wow, yes, girl. Yes. Yes. So tell us a little bit about more about that. Like, what about what is it? And you cover my sisters, a woman's ministry. What what is it that you focus on? What is it that you do? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, cover my sisters, man. God gave it to me back in October of 2015, and for some years, even still working up to it, I'm like, what in the world is cover my sisters for? Like, how do I even deal with females? What do you mean? How do I don't even have a lot of friends? So, how do you mean covering? And just going through that, um, it's really just for broken women and, you know, trying to get through their trials and tribulations. You know, when we go through things, you know, everybody will always say, I'm praying for you, but sometimes I just need you to come and just listen to me, you know, and just let me get it out and let me express how I feel. And um, I will go through situations alone. I just added domestic violence to um, cover my sisters. It was something that I kind of stayed away from for a long time. Mm-hmm. And um, it had been that I actually lived it and I walked that walk, you know, I was able to see what I have not seen. Like I was able to see why it's easier for women to go back home or why they feel very alone and sheltered or all of that. So um, I added that because I've experienced it and it's it's been a 
whole different love for um, domestic violence. Like I forgot all about the other things that I wanted to do for cover my sisters. And I just wanted to, you know, help the domestic violence women and adding them into, you know, placing them into homes and, you know, getting better, healthier and feeling better about life. I mean, it is, it's real out here. Like it's, it's real. And a lot of us women, you know, we're hurting. And I want to be that, that girl, that woman that, that lets you know, like, yo, I got your back. I'm here for you. Right. So in your, in your, in your um, bio, you said that you had suffered severe trauma. Do you mind sharing a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. So um, growing up, and it's going to be in the book, so I'll just do brief little brief spots. But um, in the growing up, I grew up in a domestic violence home. I grew up in a very angry and bitter home. I grew up, um, my dad was very vicious to my mom. You know, he, was, he abused my mom. We didn't like each other. I hated my father. So um, he was very detrimental to my mind state. I've been in a lot of um, trauma relationships where um, I was just in a relationship just to say I had somebody very lost, looking for love. I was a party girl, so I would party from Sunday to Thursday, you know, Sunday to Monday. I would go in from maybe being homeless to um, having my sister to raise my children. I had two boys at the time, so she was raising them while I partied and slept in my car. I would deal with random guys just to be at the, you know, just to spend the night at their house just so I could take a shower the next morning and go to work and act like everything was okay. You know, I'm angry, I'm bitter, I'm jealous, hatred. I had a lot of hate in my heart. You know, I hated people. I hated men. I just hated life itself. Um, going through, trying to figure life out. Um, just very angry and trauma on top of trauma, PTSD, you know, seeing things that my eyes probably should not have seen, you know, hearing things that my ears probably should not have heard, you know, being places that I knew that I should not be and just destroying myself. I hated my body, so I was just releasing my body, just giving it to whomever, you know, depending on how I was or how drunk I was, just all over the world, just all over the place. Wow, 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 wow. That is a powerful story, um, especially because of how you've transformed into who you are today and i know you mentioned that it's in your book which ew, shout out to you out here in these streets right <laughs> <laughs> right which i definitely want to hear more about that but just in regards to just the transformation story i'm very big on like your past not defining who you are and who you are destined to be and just in hearing your bio and how you literally transformed your life and now are helping to support others from your un and understanding your own experience right to help others to not have to necessarily go through the same things or just go through the same things alone so i think that's so amazing um and i absolutely love how you're just so transparent as well because it will just help so many other people that you wouldn't even realize you know what i'm saying like some people won't even see right absolutely be like oh my gosh you helped me so much but just because you are sharing and you're you're and you're visible to other people that will literally that can literally change so many lives so that's amazing and i am so proud of you you don't understand <laughs> <laughs> that's you. so amazing so tell us a little bit about your book it was no makeup right yeah, so no makeup. So I take everything off. You know, I live in my truth. I tell my truth. I talk about, um, in the book, you'll see where I've talked about my childhood a lot. I've talked about um, the childhood trauma, things that I um, experienced inside my home um, with my parents, 
You know, a lot of people think, yeah, I grew up with my mom and my dad. And I did. I grew up with both of my parents. But just because you grew up with your mom and your dad, you can still feel like a lonely child. You can still feel motherless and you can still feel fatherless. Um, you know, if there's this type of love that's just not in the home. And I didn't really have that love and that um, showing how or teaching how to walk in forgiveness and walk in love. I was just, it was just an angry, dark home. So I talk about that. I talk about um, going to middle school, elementary and middle school, and the type of kid that I was in elementary and middle school. How I was just labeled um, as a, just label, you know, and teachers, they'll write you off early. They'll label you right. um, for being right. just this mean kid. And instead of just understanding or taking the time out, like, yo, why is she the way that she is? Or why is she so angry? You you don't know what I just saw the night before, before I got to school this morning, or right. what I just witnessed before I left to get to school. And instead right. of just writing me off, no one wanted to figure, you know, no one wanted to understand that. Um, so I talk about, you know, being the only black girl um, in my classroom. So I would have to um, be hard at school and be hard at home. So if right. I didn't have a voice at home, I knew I was going to have a voice at school. So I was about that life. So I became very right. I dared you. Anything slick out your mouth, I was popping you. You know, I stayed right. offended. I stayed, you know, anything slick. Girl, let February come around, social studies class. I dare you to look at me when we start talking about Rosa Parks right. or Martin Luther King. You know, right. I dared you to look at me. <laughs> And so right. I would stay in trouble. I stayed in trouble a lot. And my mom, you know, I would get suspended. My mom would come in automatically believe what the teacher said because I was just a mean kid. No, there's a reason why I may have slipped out on her. You know, no one right. ever wanted to get to the root cause. So I talk about that in the book. I talk about, you know, high school being, I, I didn't start being promiscuous out here until after um, high school. So I talk about, I talk about that. Um, I talk about um, being married. In one minute and then single again the next minute it's just a it's a whole lot of stuff I release I take you know I take the makeup off I live in my truth and I walk in my truth and where you get to know me for who I am instead of what you heard about me or what you thought about me I, I put it all in the book right <laughs> you said something really powerful um about having a two-parent home but still feeling motherless and fatherless that is like such yes. a major statement and I say that because a lot of times like you said you don't know what a child is experiencing so yes I have both my parents yes I grew up with both my parents but my environment wasn't necessarily what it needed to be for me to be to have feel safe to have protection to feel um loved and feel um supported and okay and that's like suit like that is so one powerful for you to say because there are so many that may be living in that exact same situation yeah. now and also there are probably a lot of um individuals that have experienced that as well and there are a lot of um children or young adults or adults that feel fatherless and feel motherless even though that their parents are present in some kind of way right um, absolutely mm -hmm. and we have to understand that sometimes too with our parents um that they come they have their own traumas and they have their own healing and they have their own um things that they haven't necessarily dealt with and that's how it comes that out. absolutely right right and, and i talk about that out. i tell people all the time I tell people all the time, I had to realize it took me to my adult adult, meaning like 31, 32, and I'm 33, so it wasn't that long ago. Right. And it took me to realize that, you know, our parents are only going to love us. They can only love you, just anybody, but they can only love you to the, the capability of 
what they know and what they've experienced, you know. So they're loving you the way that their parents may have loved on them, you know, and they're doing what they saw. My parents, I love my parents, but they are better grandparents than they, to me, than they were um, parents. parents. And they have been some amazing grandparents, especially my dad. God knows the way he stepped up in the season for me and just been there. It's just been unbelievable. But my kids love and they and they eat my, my dad up. And the way that they love on him and kiss on him and be all on his face and my even my mom too. I could I couldn't do that. I couldn't hug my dad or lay on my dad or love and hug or hold on my mom. It was move, you know, I couldn't do that. But my kids will be all in their face and just aggravating the out of them. But they love it. But back then when I was growing up, oh yeah, I couldn't do that. I did that to my grandparents. I laid on my grandparents. I laid on, you know, her shoulder. And it's just amazing how generations how they have how they go generation curses how they get it's like wow i couldn't i didn't but my mom she's so open to love on my children and i love you she makes sure she tells them that you know i love you y'all have a good week or y'all have a good day i love you i didn't hear that you know i don't i don't think and i'm 33 years old and i don't think i've So, you know, we're getting into like major, major serious talk about generational cycles and how your environment and your parents and um, can really impact who you become as a person. So right. I have a question. So in regards to just your experience as a child and as a teenager, how do you feel that impacted you as an adult and as a parent? Um, so honestly speaking, it really tore my my mental state up, you know. I so I basically did what I what I've seen, what I saw. So if I saw my mom being the way that she was, whenever I went into my adulthood, I was the same way, you know. Um, I was just mean, so I was purposely I was mean to people, but I didn't know what being nice looked like, you know. I just knew being smart mouth or having a nasty attitude or just being very bluntly disrespectfully bold that's just what I saw so that's how it was um being a parent was to just love my children and I would dress them up and they would look so pretty to the world because that's what we did you know my mom she dressed us up so we look we look good to the world we look like the Cosby's but we were really it was really like I can tell you know Jackson five at home you know mm-hmm. but when we stepped out we looked like um we looked like the Cosby's so that's how I presented my family when we stepped out we look like, you know, we were just this beautiful family. You get all these compliments and everybody's, oh my God, your kids are so pretty. They so dressed so clean, so neat. I do the same thing, but I was held, you know, to my husband and, and nasty and disrespectful to him. But that's what, I, that's what I knew. You know, I had to start, I started going to counseling um, about two years ago because it was more so painful to me being mean. It's like, there's got to be another way of life because this right here is not working for me. Nothing is happening great for me being the way that I am and we talk about this God that you know create clean heart and changes people how can I get that vibe because this one right here is is just not working just being nasty is not like you don't have to be nasty and so it became overwhelming so I started going to um I said I got a therapist and um I started talking about my life talking about this stuff everything that was in me Cause I needed it to come, you know, to come out. I got saved, 
but it's like you're in the church, but you just go into church. You know, like I watched mm-hmm. my, my family. We went to church every Sunday and Bible study on Wednesday night and nothing changed at my house. So why would anything change when I got older and change in my own home? Because I'm doing the same thing. I know on Sunday to go to church. That's what right. you, it wasn't the fact that I got, I was going chasing after Jesus. It was the fact, no, I know on Sundays we go to church. Right. So that's what I went to church. You know, that's what I went. I remember even going to church every Sunday and I still had the VIP sticker, you know, the VIP stamp on my hand where they stamped you so you can go to the VIP line at the club Saturday night. Right. But I knew on yeah. Sunday, it don't matter how late it was when I got in. I knew on Sunday morning I was getting up and I was dressing up really pretty and I was going to look like I had church in me, but I lacked the power thereof. But I'm going to go and I'm going to wave my hand and I'm going to clap. So it's just like I just did everything that I was how I was raised. So whatever I seen then is just was what I was doing, you know. Right. But you said that was again powerful was um you, <laughs> you came to the realization of who you were and who you didn't who you no longer wanted to be. And a lot of times when you are when you are the way that you are in your behaviors or personality it's more from a coping and a defense mechanism. A different, um, yes, absolutely. Right. And so for you to take that step and say, I'm going to go and get help to be better, that is like so major because there are so many people that will literally stay in the space that they are in and be 40, 70, 100 years old holding on to what happened to them or being the person that they necessarily shouldn't be because of the pain and the unforgiveness and the unhealing that they have within themselves. So for you to and it's familiarity make too, that decision. You know? It's it's familiarity. A lot of people will stay who they are because they know no other way. Absolutely. You know? And that's um, comfortable it, for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's com- and it's comfortable. Like it was comfortable for me to continue to stay in this in this space. You know, it was it was it's comfortable. It's familiar. I know that this this the Charletta, that angry Charletta, that vicious mean Charletta, you wasn't gonna talk to her any kind of way. You weren't gonna say and do whatever. And she wasn't fear, she wasn't scared, she wasn't fearful. But the new Charletta where God came in and cleaned her up, like I don't really like her like that. You know, and it's like she's not the other one is more comfortable. And we'll always convert back to familiarity before we continue to push forth and push through our our unbeliefs and push through our pain so it was definitely it was a huge struggle for me um once I began to go to counseling and trying to be a better person because I didn't like I felt like yo she would not have talked to me like that if I was (laughs) like if I wasn't who I'm trying to be I would have already went off so right. it's like holding that, you know, holding your tongue, biting your tongue, like, no, God, I, I refuse. I got to change. I got to, I got to do better. Because if not, then I'm going to bleed onto my children. And then, right. then my children's going to bleed onto their kids. And that was, mm. it wasn't, that's not okay for me. You know, I always tell people all the time, I didn't birth not one child of hell. So in order for me to keep that out and to, and to believe in that, then I have to be a better person so I can train my children to be right and teach them how to be well and, and love people in spite of how they treat you and to walk and always forgive no matter what and pray for people because I wanted them to have a relationship with God, not the religion 
we I had the religion for so long that I don't even know I didn't know what a relationship felt like I didn't even know how to get connected to God or even get comfortable to him because I didn't know him I just knew that we went to church and said you know whoever we prayed to I didn't know him so it took it like when I say it was a transform for five years it took me five years and I'm still learning today today right now as we speak today <laughs> that right. I'm still trying like literally and I still fall but it's just like I can't eventually I know that if I continue to keep going down this correct road then I know God will change it'll change it'll get better as it began to get better I started the things that were around me that I connected to me because of how I was they became sickening to me it became sickening and disgusting I, I couldn't I was aggravated you know, having a nasty attitude for no reason. I was disgusted by that. Right. I feel, so you, again, <laughs> some amazing key points in the fact that one, changing and transformation is definitely a process. It's not just, yes. I blink and I'm a new person. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> you have to look at if, it like the metaph- happened, metamorphosis of a butterfly, <laughs> right? And then yes. you said, uh, <laughs> and then you mentioned again how, you know, breaking the cycle, because if you didn't change who you were, then who's to say that it wouldn't bleed onto your children, who then would then right. bleed onto their children's children, right? And that's how you literally break cycles, and it literally can start with you. And then you also yeah. said um, about um, going to church and it just being a religion versus it being a relationship. And there's a lot of people that will literally throw Bible verses at you all day and you're like wait what I don't even know what that means like you know what I'm saying yes but like, you know, yes you have to be in that state to have a relationship with God a spiritual relationship with God and that was a powerful statement as well like you just was dropping all these gems honey you don't think you realize it and then you, said, <laughs> and then you also said um in regards to just like understanding that it's it's a never-ending process it it never right. stops your transformation and your changes never stop and you're gonna get to the points where you start getting frustrated because you know who you want to be you know what you want to do but there are some times where your old habits or you get tested let me tell you when you are in an uncomfortable space of transformation and changing and becoming who you are destined to be it feel like every comes out of the woodworks every person uh, every situation every child right every challenge is like all right do y'all want me to grow do y'all want me to be who i've been right. to? i can give you that if you need me to i can right. take it out she always, Stop she's always on standby <laughs> she's always on standby ready you know <laughs> ready so it's like come on we got i, I gotta get it it's, it's difficult and a lot of people think you know i can just you're gonna change overnight no it's every day you wake up every morning and you choose you either choose life or you choose death. You know, it talks about in the Bible, you know, that you, you're going to choose who you're going to serve today. Like, who are you serving? So that, that's the same thing. It's either you're going to choose happiness or you're going to choose to be angry and sad and bitter and mean to people all day. You know, right. so it's like I, I make it my business. To, okay, Charlotte, I got to What are you choosing today? I'm going to choose to be the old Charlotte because today I'm aggravated. You know, <laughs> it's like today I'm mad. I don't want to wake up this morning and kill my flesh. I'm real mad. Life has really hit me wrong, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that it's okay to say, this is really how I feel. You know, we always want to lie and say, oh, how are you doing? I'm doing good, girl. No, but you're not. 
if you're not right. doing good today, then I'm, I don't, I'm not doing well today, but I know that I'm going to, it's going to, I'm going to bounce back. It's going to bounce back. Living your truth. Just be true to, to how you really feel. Right. So then you can, you will know how to heal from being, you can't heal off lies. Like you can't heal off of, oh, I'm okay. So then what you healing from if you're okay? Right. You're not healing from anything. I'm, I'm my, you know, I'm mad today. I got to get over <laughs> it. I'm going to get over it. You know, I, and that's just how I'm very honest to myself. I, when I pray, I'm I'm telling God, God, I'm mad. Like I'm really, cause this is not what you said. Like when I prayed to you, I didn't pray for this. I didn't, I didn't pray and ask for these things. So why is it happening? You know, or like, even whenever I made the decision and had to walk away from my marriage, that's not what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. You know, some days I still wake up, I'm like, God, are you sure that's what you told me now? Now, right. <laughs> are you sure that's what you said? Like, how did it, how did it happen? Cause I didn't, right. I didn't want that. You know, I didn't, I didn't want to, to be a single mom now of, of seven. That wasn't, that was never in my prayer. <laughs> so it's okay that when things don't happen the way that we prayed or the things that we prayed for, you're not going to just wake up happy or be excited every day. You have to live in that truth and say, no, I'm not happy about this. This is not what I asked for, <laughs> but it is what it is, but it's not what I asked for. <laughs> right. And that's the, so again, you said some key points <laughs> where you, <laughs> where you, where you, um, you have the moments where you are in that space of negativity yeah. or upset or frustrated and angry, but you're aware of it. And that's the difference. You can have those times where you're like, oh my gosh, like what is happening? And you just walk around mad. (laughs) It's powerful when you literally wake up and you're like, okay, I know I'm frustrated. I know I'm pissed. I know I want to literally explode and be aware Mm -hmm. of it, sit in it, but not stay in it. That's like, right. And then at the same time of being aware, that's, that's the main key point is being aware mm-hmm. of it because a lot of times where some people aren't and they're just nasty and don't even realize it and don't even know why, you know what I'm saying? So take that time That's to right. sit with yourself and because you don't want to impact other people because of what you're going through. And that I also learned that too, that, or had to learn that a lot of times that the way people treat you or, or are with you or the behaviors, it has nothing to do with who you are as an individual. It has everything to do with what's going on with that person. You know what I'm saying? So when you're in that awareness, right. it's so powerful. Girl, you're just dropping gems. I cannot. And then and you, you know, said, we, you know, we got to bring it back for the people now. Then you said about, um, you know, being in a marriage and making that decision to, to move on from it and, and then having to deal with the, the aftermath of it and still having that second guess and that second thought like wait is this the right decision wait hold it's kind of like when you're you're doing double dutch and you're and you're jumping in the rope and you're like wait i need to do this but i don't really know if i want to okay i need to do this but i don't really think i'm like are you sure god i'm gonna tell you something i'm gonna tell you something i did and it's in my book so um i'm gonna speak this i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna share this with you Mm -hmm. march the 29th you know um 2019 was when i had no other choice to walk away from my husband right Mm -hmm. but prior to that i was not i did not i've been seeing the red flags i've i've been new that marriage probably wasn't even supposed to happen it may it could have happened but not at that time you know but look at me i'm at that time i was a single mom of four kids Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm very I'm open. I'm very honest. I'm just going to be honest. Mm-hmm. I'm a single mom of four kids. This dude come in my life. He's military. I've known him since birth. We, you know, we grew up together, mm-hmm. but he's willing to take on me and my, and take care of my children. 
Right. Okay. And before he come along, I'm living off the system. Mm. I'm living off $174 and 15 cent um, child support check. You know, I'm getting food stamps and I'm staying in my house, raising four, sending them to daycare because they had, I have a daycare voucher and I have a, um, I have a half thing where they pay majority of my rent. So I'm only paying a little bit of rent. I have a beautiful home and a beautiful yard. What other, (laughs) this is God. Like that's literally what I thought. And when I tell you it pays, it pays to just to God knows it just pays because the hell that I have caused on my my own life when I just jumped the gun because it's like yo this guy he'll keep me happy so long as he keep me happy he go to church mm-hmm. so I can still go to church on Sunday mm-hmm. yeah he's a cheater but my dad cheated and my mom was able to stay and now she's a CED at her job so I know that that'll get better eventually mm-hmm. yeah like I literally played in my head a scenario that I thought was comfortable and I knew the whole time it wasn't right. It wasn't in that, it wasn't that place. So I get into this marriage and I go into this marriage already broken. You know, I'm already like all over the place, but I know that if I get into this marriage, I'll calm down, right? So then I won't be partying because I have a husband. Right. I'm very, I love to be out here and I love to be with a man. So now that I have a man in the house, then I don't have to be out here anymore. Like I'm, I'm literally thinking very immaturely mm-hmm. I'm not I, there's no other way to think so this is the only this is my only thought process it's not the fact that okay so think about the, the well-being of your your kid you know how are things are going to get better is your husband sick like I knew my husband had issues meaning you know he got PTSD TBI mm-hmm. are you really able to are y'all able to come together as and live together and he has all the, these issues on top of childhood issues. You have all of these issues on top of childhood issues. I didn't pay attention to any of those things. You know what I'm saying? Is, is yep. he going to help you or is he hurting you? Girl, I was still getting food stamps living with my husband. He wasn't trying to take me off. He was making sure I got down every six months to recertify. You know wow. what I'm saying? Like, you yep. got to pay attention to that. Like, are you, how are you going to help? How are we helping each other? Or are you making sure that I'm still getting the, these, these public assistance that I really don't need? Like, what are you there for? Or are right. you the public assistant? You know, like, so you start thinking about all of that. None of that came into my, came into my head till five years later. Wow. Five years later. And my husband was a runner, so he would leave, come back. He would leave me, come back, leave, come back. And all of these times he, was, he had left, he had been out here and cheating and with all these different women. And mm-hmm. I didn't care about any of that because I, I saw my dad, he did the same thing to my mama mm-hmm. and she was okay with it, right? And well, she wasn't hurt, but she acted like she wasn't. So she looked to people that she was fine. So I knew that I could look to people that I was fine, but I was really mentally dying. And right. I was mentally killing myself because mm-hmm. I just wanted this man to love me and right. to, and to like, I just wanted him to love me. And he fits the puzzle. He's tall. He's funny. This is it. So we could just make this work if we could just get rid of all of this other stuff, not right. deal with it, just get rid of it. Like right. just, just push it out the way. So Girl, what was your, it, go ahead. So go ahead. No, no, no. What was my breaking point? I know yep. that's what you get ready to hit. Mm. My breaking point, honestly, was um, when I started going to therapy, I started, um, we, it was, it's an exercise. I want to say it was DR, 
DR, DR, DNR, DR exercise. And when you close your eyes and you have these two um, little ball things in your hands and um, you're just, your God is basically revamped. He was revealing things to me that it was, it was just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. But I was, I was sitting there, I was realizing that I was living my mom's life. You know, mm-hmm. I used to pray and cry like, God, I don't want to be like this when I get older. I don't want to raise my family like this. I've always wanted, you know, a big family. I've always wanted a lot of children. So trust me, I did do that. But it was like, <laughs> I wanted to, um, it's, I wanted a better life for me. So that was my prayer but not realizing that I was living, you know, that life, you know, my husband, he became um, physical. So he was verbal and physical abusive, right. you know? Um, so he would hit me, but I knew that I could fix that. I knew I could cover that up. You know, I knew I could act like that was my fault. I should have stopped running my mouth. You know, like my mom, she, she ran her mouth real bad. So I knew if I shouldn't have said that, now let me go and apologize because it was my fault. Like, right. like that's how I, I live. So mm-hmm. as I was going to therapy and I started realizing she was, and I started speaking on it and she was like, wow. And I said, you know what? I'm actually living the life that I prayed so hard that I did not want. Mm. And then, um, I, so I got home and I started to change my prayer and I was asking God for different things. I was writing stuff down more and I was like, no, this is not healthy. So I would write that down on what's not healthy. Right. And then I looked at my picture I had pulled a picture from um when when me and my husband first got married in 2011 and then Mm -hmm. I looked at our picture from 2019 and I put them together side by side I still have it in my phone I put it I made a collage to it and I put the Mm -hmm. year and then I put that year and when I looked I was like wow y'all are not even growing y'all just aging y'all just aging Mm -hmm. but nobody nobody's growing what what have you done for your husband to help your husband in this time and nothing like nothing because everything he said I've done I was basically he would leave so if I tell him you know you should get a job or go back to school you're so smart you were so smart in school I was wrong and then I look at him and what has he done for me okay I'm still on food stamps I've lot we've had to move several different times right. we've had to um you know he left me like in this state he's physically and I mean I was just going on on all these things that was so unhealthy that had happened Right. And so I got really quiet for about two months and he, I remember him looking at me. He said, I know that I've lost you. Mm. And, um, I know that I probably, I know that I've lost you. And I looked at him. I said, I'm glad that you understand that. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, I had got, I didn't say anything. And on March the 29th that I got up, it was like one 30 in the morning. It was one 31, something. And I, I asked God, I said, I looked out the window. My truck wasn't in the yard. And I said, God, if it's your will for me to stay in this marriage, not my will, but if it's your will, mm-hmm. then you help me to be that woman that I need to be, that wife I need to be, and help me to love my husband the way that you loved him. You know, help me to, to block out all of this other hurt and all of this other stuff. Because the same stuff that my dad did to me yep. and to said to me, God, my husband is doing the same exact thing. So if you're telling me that I am perfect, I'm made in your image and that I'm wonderfully made and that I'm the head and not the tail and I'm a lender and not a borrower. If you said all of these things about me, then you're going to have to give me something else because this right here is not working. So if it's in your will to stay, then help me to stay. And if it's not, then you make a way for escape, not me. You make a way for escape. I went back to sleep. An hour later, I was woke up being strangled. My husband had, he came into the house. He attacked me. 
broke three of my ribs what? and he tried, he tried to kill me. And I, and, and even in that, like, even in all of that, I still, I, I was able, he just dropped sleep out of nowhere. And I was able to crawl to my, um, to my door and my son was up. My son was up because he had punched him in his chest because he had fell asleep on the couch. So now that he hears you beating on his mom, he's not going to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Same thing that I, same thing that I did. And I remember opening the door to my room door and I was like, Jaden, like I whispered because I couldn't say anything. All my breath was bopped out and my ribs were extremely damaged. So I couldn't say much. But that little voice girl, he came to the door. He came out the room door from his room is upstairs and my room is downstairs. So I was looking up. And when he came out of that corner Mm -hmm. and I looked at him, he looked, I looked up at him and I no longer saw Jaden. I didn't see my son, but I saw little Charletta. I saw Charletta, that little 10 year old Charletta with the little ponytails that was crying and asking her mom, like, who told you that, that this was life? Or who told you that you were, that somebody has to beat on you to, to prove that they love you? This is not love. Like mm-hmm. all of these things. And it's, I jumped back a little bit. It scared me. Cause I'm like, now I know either it's my eyes is still blurry because I was on my way to blackout but I know I didn't just see what I just saw right (laughs) and that was that was a straw for me I told him I said go ahead and I said get your phone call the police and this is it for us and I haven't turned back you know I haven't I haven't turned back um I never looked back I went to my mom's house I stayed at my mom's house for 21 days and I said this is something good has got to come out of this you know, I try to keep my mind. The devil was definitely trying to steal my mind. Uh, he was really trying to kill me. I got me and my children a home. You know, the, the rent, we end up, we're paying rent. It's high, $1,450, but the Lord has made a way where I haven't missed the payment. Wow. You know, I don't have to use public assistance. That mm-hmm. I, I did. And it's not that I say anything is wrong with it. I just felt like I didn't need it. I right. felt like I could get out here and work and provide for my family. And I didn't want to live off the system because I didn't want my children to think that it was okay for them to live off the system. So if they see mommy getting up and going to work and mommy doing what she's supposed to do to provide, then that's what they're going to do. It's a learned behavior. So that's why it's like, it's like I said, it's nothing against public assistance. It's just, it was, I didn't, I didn't want it for me. That's Absolutely. There's nothing wrong with that. Let me tell you something, girl. You gave me, listen. You gave me chill. Like, you made the hairs on my shoulders, on my arm. <laughs> Stand up when you literally shared that story of just what happened to you. Because that is yeah. so, like, oh, my gosh, you don't understand. Like, I don't understand how, I don't think you understand how powerful your story is. You probably do. But I just, like, <laughs> but, like, oh, my, like, like. I had a similar situation with domestic violence. That's why it's making my hair stand up because it's just like, uh, and there yeah. are so many people that don't leave that literally yeah. stay because they don't understand. And the mere fact that you made that choice is so like, like it just in itself so powerful because it like when you're in those situations you like mentally and emotionally you're just not in the right space you know what i'm saying right so, right like and, and i'm a firm believer that everything happens for a reason and now your story is your purpose and your and your and your 
and you're a driving force because it's like, I don't want my children to have the same experience. So I'm going to make the necessary change. I don't want others to have the same experiences or I want to help people through certain experiences so that they can too see that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. That is just... Absolutely. Oh, girl, you fed me today. <laughs> <laughs> so what's next for you? Um, so I'm still I've just started writing another book. Mm-hmm. And it is yes, called yes. um it's called Mary Fallon Single. Mm-hmm. Um and it talks about basically being in a, a whole marriage and you still single, you know. You're you're still single. And um I talk about different scenarios that I didn't make mention of in the first book, but I talk yeah. about different scenarios that happened in my marriage. Um, things that I learned about, you know, being a wife, being submissive. It took me a very long time to be um, submissive. Like that was a big struggle for me mm-hmm. um, because I just felt like you was, I didn't, I, I didn't want to be controlled. It has nothing to do with being controlled, but that's how I felt. That was that ignorant thinking that we talk about. So I, I'm, I'm writing that book. I've also, I've been able to get my, um, my nonprofit, which is Cover My Sisters 501c3. So now I'm working on, um, I wanted to open up a domestic violence shelter. And it's not necessarily a shelter. It'll be like apartment homes mm-hmm. where they can go with their family. Um, one of the things that I saw, I've seen so much as I walked the DV journey that you, I mean, if you have a male child, if you have a male son, I'm sorry, if you have a male, then he has to go to another shelter. Like he won't be able to go in that shelter with that parent. Mm. So that was one of the reasons why I did not go into a shelter. I had to go to my mom's house, my mom and dad's house, because that was never an option for me and which it shouldn't be for any parent to just gotten beaten up. And then they have to leave. They have to make a decision. Yeah. Yeah. To separate the children. That's not an option. So what I want to do is I want to know that why I want to deal with that. Why? And then get these children in the home, in the little apartment complex. This is what my goal is to build it. And then they will live there and we will give them the resources that they need to basically getting back on their feet, whether it's getting a job, going back to school, um, finding a vehicle, finding somewhere to actually live. Cause this, you know, of course this wouldn't be somewhere that you would stay forever, but it's just to get you back on your feet on in, into moving forward versus, Oh God, money is running out and I got to go back home because my husband was, he was the pro- provider. So I didn't work. Um, I didn't have to work. He um, was supposed to, supposed to provide. Let me put that like that. Right, but right. he, um, I didn't do that. So I want, and there's a lot of women that are staying at home or do live at home and their husbands go out and work and then situations like this happen. And then there's no escape because they have nowhere to go, you know? So I want to um, be able to come in and fix that era um, that we do suffer in this world. I wouldn't say just my community, but in the world. Um, And I want to help them and getting them, you know, their goal is not to work it back out or, you know, next time he may kill you type thing mm-hmm. is that's, that's the place to do. And then we will get them into their homes, you know, get them in different and ho- better homes, healthier homes. So they can do the things that they need to do to provide for their children and those that that curse, you know, stops with them. You know, the beatings right. don't get better. They get worse. You know, whenever my husband jumped on me that night, that wasn't the first time that, you know, he had hit me or that he had you know, change the color of my, my face or whatever. That wasn't the first time that those things had happened, but I kept quiet. I never spoke on it. And I still take a beautiful picture of us and post it on Facebook and have a powerful statement behind it, knowing that, you know what I'm saying? We're not even speaking, you know, the front right. be so real. Right. Um, 
you know, the front be so real and it looks yes. so good until right. one day people look and be like, how now they was just doing so I thought they was I thought they was everybody had that I thought they were, you know. And <laughs> and it's true because that's what I, I made people I made I, I made it like that. I made it look like that. And then it's like now I still and I still present my face and I still tell my truth. Like, yeah, I was lying, fronting. That won't none of that real, but this is the real. This is this is what's true. So I've been able to show my struggle and show what I've you know explore what I've gone through, so other people can see that yeah you can make it. There is life after after a broken marriage. Right. Um, a lot of people stay because of the church. You know the church people look at you funny. I you got to get to that place where you I don't care how you look at me. It is what it is. But I choose my peace and my happiness and my joy over to say I got a man laying beside my bed laying in the bed with me. Absolutely. Um, just, you know, like it's not yes. it's not worth it. You know, it's not worth it anymore. It becomes very old and and that's one of the, the aggravations that I was telling you about. I got aggravated about that, you know. Right. But that's the goal. Um that's one of my goals. I'm launching a mentoring program for, you know, the adolescents, of course, young girls. Um I want to start with it, we used to say it starts in middle school. No, it's starting in elementary school now. Right. So I want to start with the younger kids and work my way up to adult. Um, I want to at least be able to give out two scholarships for covering my sisters each year. My son is autistic, so we want to. Um, we're gonna. We're trying to fund a program for him mm -hmm. um, for autism kids that they can still go to college. Um, a lot of autistic kids, some of them still live with their parents. I told my son that you're going to be an advocate of yourself. You're not going to live with me forever. And this is not who you are. This is a hat that you wear. This is what God blessed you with. But mm -hmm. you're still going to be whomever God has placed you and called you to be. You're Absolutely. not living with me forever. Right. So we're going to, um, we want to fund a, we want to sponsor um, other autism kids where they can still go to college and still get whatever degrees that they choose to get. Right. So we're going to, we want to do a scholarship for that. And then a scholarship for the young girls. Um, I just started a campaign. It's called mommy and well. So we are um, getting ready to launch that program and that pro program for mommy and well is for um, single moms. Um, you know, just letting them know, yeah, it's hard, but you're still doing a great job, you know, like, so there's a lot of things that I'm, I'm wanting to do and, um, and praying that God aligns my legs to, to walk in that. So yeah, I'm really excited. Yes. Well, listen, you have some things happening in this world and it's amazing. And I, I love all of it. Um, I think that you, as I said before, super powerful stories, super powerful, um, gems and, and tips and things that you dropped in this entire um, episode. And I appreciate your transparency and I appreciate Thank you, you sharing your story um, because again, you never know who you may impact and who Absolutely. you know may be listening and need to hear um, this stuff right so it's Absolutely. thank you thank you thank you i appreciate your transparency any final words that you would like to share um well to all of your listeners thank you guys for listening in and um keep going no matter what is going on in life there's so much that's going on that's kind of, it's easy to vex our spirits just in a world that's going on right now but keep going one thing that we know about our amazing god that we serve nothing has happened to that has happened in this world that he was not aware of so everything that he says that we are supposed to do and that he's going to do for us still believe that even in this pandemic god is still going to do it you know even in this pandemic i was able to birth my book and cover my sisters so he can he's still sitting high he's still looking low and he's still making ways for everybody so just continue to go in your truths know your why and keep pressing 
Thank you so much. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your knowledge. Thank you for your story. Um, this has been super amazing. And thank you to everyone that is tuning in and has tuned in. Tune in for next week's episode. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> thank you for tuning in to Evolve. Stay fearless, unfiltered, and unapologetic. Until next time, special shout out to all of our amazing listeners. You are truly appreciated. Follow our host, Chanel Spencer, at Chanel Spencer Now on Instagram and Facebook. Songs I'm From the South by D21 from Black Mob Entertainment off the 720 God album. Find him on Instagram at only D21. I'm from the South. Straight out the south, we'll hit his rock gold teeth straight out your mouth. My niggas don't know peace, fuck, cause you saying though, homies he playing though. Know my old dudes bring more than a candle. Bring the heat to them, there they keep talking. Know that they would end, little dogs barking. Step across the line, be shot.